0: Welcome to another episode of Cathode Ray Mission, and hey, it's part two of our one-year anniversary where we're doing the Dogs of 1981. I am Will Scoville in Berkeley, California. With me, as always, in Oklahoma City is Randy Heyer. Hey, Randy.
1: Yo, Will, what's up? You always do this so much smoother than me at the beginning.
0: I've been doing this for a lot longer, and I used to do it. I used to not be able to do it. So... um. It's just I've been doing it for a long time.
1: <laughs> well, good job.
0: No, I, I also edit these, and I'm like, what the fuck did I say that for? <laughs> I'm good at introing, but I'm not really good at, like, anything else, I think. Yeah. Um, Randy, it's part two of our one-year anniversary show where we're doing Cisco and Ebert's Dogs of 1981. <laughs> uh, they did a lot more than six movies. We picked six movies. <sighs> Uh, out of their list of the worst movies of 1981, we did yeah. three three last week.
1: And folks, we're uh, not getting paid for this. So that's why we didn't do all 12 movies. It would no, have been. I was thinking about I, that. What, like watching the third one of these. I was thinking about that. Just like, there's no way. Yeah, you way. got three more. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah. So last week we did Cannibal Run. We did Hardly Working, <laughs> and we did uh, Halloween Two. This week we uh, are my picks, and I picked three that Roger lumped together because they all fit a theme of resuscitating an IP. Um, and I'm going to kind of reveal these one by one here by way of Roger's um, kind of review of it because he, he does it kind of all at once. Um, So let's let's just start with uh, the the first little bit of Roger kind of describing what it's about, and then the first movie that we're going to be reviewing.
2: Well, we've covered old gags, remakes, and sequels, and now how about resurrected characters in recycled genres? <laughs> Hollywood seemed at times to run out of new movie heroes during 1981, and so they just went back to the vaults and dusted off the Lone Ranger, Charlie Chan, and Zorro, <laughs> the rival old heroes. They put them in new movie productions. Let's start with a look at the durable and dependable masked rider of the plains and his faithful Indian companion. The movie was called The Legend of the Lone Ranger.
0: Okay, The Legend of the Lone Ranger, 1981. Um, it's a Lone Ranger movie. Brutal. Yeah. Um, it. Uh, you messaged me about this being brutal, and I couldn't tell if you were talking about uh, it being well, hard to watch or how bloody it was.
1: Just now I meant how hard to watch, but yeah. when I messaged you, no, I was shocked at how violent this movie is.
0: Yeah, and um, did you see the the Gore Verbinski Lone Ranger movie?
1: I never. Like as I was watching this, I was like thinking about that movie, but also thinking, "Wow, that movie is double canceled now because Army Hammer is the Lone Ranger."
0: So it also
1: made me think about the Call Me by Your Name sequel that is done but not out yet. That's what?
0: I don't know. I don't know what that. What it, that is necessarily.
1: Did you not see Call Me By Your Name? No, I didn't. It's a, a good movie that came out a couple of years ago, and Armie yeah. Hammer is one of the leads. And oh, okay. People loved him, and it and he's good in the movie, but... And they're not going to do
0: the... Like, the sequel's done, and they're not going to... I gonna.
1: think it's done. I, I might be wrong about that, but, I mean, that movie was nominated for... All the Academy Awards, if and it won some of them, I think. Really? So yeah, and that's what that's what that little that little guy is from. That he he blew up after that movie. I can't remember his name. He's, in the like little little, <laughs> he's in a little guy. He's in Little Women. He's in Lady Bird. He's mm. the he's the he's the douchey guy that she likes. You know what? Timot- I, Timothy I, Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Oh,
0: that guy. Okay, he's gonna that's be in right. Dune.
1: Yes, dude. Be, that's uh, where he comes okay. from. From "Call Me by Your Name," but we're not talking about "Call Me by Your Name." We're talking about the Dogs of '81. We're,
0: we're talking about, about the Lone the... Ranger. Uh, oh yeah! This
1: Come on.
0: this movie—it's it, got Michael Horse in it, and that's this is like his first big movie. Michael Horse—if you don't know—if you're not a Twin Peaks fan, he's also in Twin Peaks. Uh, he's one of the—he's one of the deputies uh, in the town of Twin Peaks. He's a very cool character, and then also uh, this is a little bit of, of Berkeley stuff. Uh, I used to work uh, at a coffee shop on Solano Avenue, just down the street of Ga- uh, from Gathering Tribes, which is an, a Native American art gallery owned by Michael Horst and his wife. Uh, so I think they're local. I don't know. They might. They might live in Berkeley. They might. You should live-
1: tell them we watched this movie.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know about this. It, this was interesting in that it had, like, what would now be considered like woke language um, about Native Americans and the and uh, the horrible thing that white uh, things that white people did to, to Native Americans. It had a bit of that in there, um, yeah. which was surprising for a 1981 release. True. Uh, um, That, especially compared to the other movies that we watched in not only last week, but in this series as well. Uh, Um, Yeah. Some of the racial stereotypes that exist
1: there. Well, the next two movies feature main characters in like brown and yellow face. Yep.
0: yep. So, um, and another thing is that we saw this when we watched uh, John Carter in that he was a former confederate soldier right and so there's this kind of thing that they they were trying to struggle with of he that character has always been a confederate soldier so how do they soften that at all and it kind of goes into this like the the lost cause myth and all that stuff of how this the confederacy was portrayed in media for years and years and years and so, in nineteen eighty one to have essentially like pro union army pro u s s grant um stuff seemingly pro that was interesting to see in a movie from nineteen
1: eighty one yeah, and not Michael to say that Horse, that saves it, but like no, not at all. Michael Horst is pretty good, and I, mean, I guess he's okay I mean, in
0: this I mean he does what he can for this movie
1: the problem is. It's like, who gives a shit about The Lone Ranger, A? It's like, this is kind of like in the 90s, the version of this that we all uh, encountered was like when they did The Shadow and The Phantom. and Mm -hmm. There's probably something else I'm missing. But when it's like, it's like these stuff that's like radio age stuff is, they're making a movie of it now for some goddamn reason. Dick Tracy is another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I liked those movies. I had an old dad too who was like, "Oh, the Shadow for real? They're making a Shadow movie, you know, yeah. like Dick Tracy and stuff like that." So I just like got hyped on that because my dad actually was like into those kinds of things. And I wonder when I what I thought about my dad watching all three of these movies is like, and the next one I definitely saw at some point as a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this one. Maybe I've seen, okay, but here's here's what's weird about this movie is that it's the Lone Ranger, like I said, who gives a shit. It's, like, it's from like serial age, like I don't even know. When the Lone Ranger is from early 20th century, all three of these are. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie begins with his mom getting shot in the face by Christopher yep. Lloyd. Like it has like very like like kind of... Peck and paw esque violence. The part when the guy gets shot in the saloon, the yeah, that betrays the Lone Ranger. I actually rewound and watched that again because it's such a good blood spray. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like, it's just like it goes all
0: over the like back of the wall, taxi like, driver
1: or something. It's wow, like fucked up. But the movie's PG, I guess. I mean, at the end, the Lone Ranger doesn't kill anybody, or I, he, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. No, that's. That's well, he doesn't, in the, in the- he doesn't kill anybody one on one in like a cold blooded way, like you want him to, but like he mm-hmm. kills people in a way that he runs in and shoots a bunch of nameless dudes, and you don't like <laughs> he doesn't have to deal with the consequence of like violence or anything. But yeah, in that instance in the saloon, somebody else kills that guy, mm-hmm. and then Christopher Lloyd. He could kill and he doesn't. And I was like, at that point, I'm like, shoot him in the face. I I was so hoping that it would just be like, he'd go, do it. And then it would just be like, click. And it would just (laughs) boom. Like, he would do it. It's like, why not? It's like, this movie is already like, it's not, I can't see how it would be for kids because it's so boring. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like... But how could it be for adults? Because it's like I'm, it's the Lone Ranger. It's so stupid, you know. It's a, it's like it's for no one, you know. That's the yeah problem it, of it, all these movies is for nobody.
0: It didn't have, you know. I, I'm watching, I'm watching the Marvel movies right now, and it's all comic book shit, and it's all like eighty years old, um, but. You know, there's, there's been a level of popularity with those characters for that entire time, you know, that they've been created. There's There's been a consciousness of them. At the time that this movie came out, and then also at the time that the Gore Verbinski Lone Ranger came out, nobody gave a shit about the Lone Ranger. And to have a movie like this where it's like, okay, we're going to try to reinvigorate this character, you know, stranger things have happened Gore Verbinski did it before with the Pirates. He got people back into pirates again for some reason, and you know, it's sometimes people are like, "Hey, maybe the the Western thing will take off again." Yeah, like they did that Jonah Hex movie a few years ago. That just <laughs> similarly did not work. I let me tell you, Jonah Hex is everything that I should like. It's monsters and cowboys and sci fi shit and cowboys. Uh, man, it's just it's not great.
1: Um, and people will go to bat for Gore Verbinski's Lone Ranger movie, though they say really? it's good. Yeah, they say I that seen the it, action though, like. is good. I haven't either. I mean, it's already just on paper now. Army Hammer has been canceled too, like we were talking about. But like, Johnny Depp is playing a Native American man, which is <laughs> yeah. like Why the fuck did you do this? Like, Johnny Depp should have played the Lone Ranger, and yeah. have I don't know. Adam Beach play like just pick there's like plenty of actors that you could have like, you know, it's like so stupid. Here's here's what
0: you do. You cut out the Tonto character well, you cut out the Lone Ranger character and you keep the Tonto character, but Tonto is the Lone Ranger. And so he's like one dude.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Native American Lone Ranger.
1: I think that the movie does put focus on Tonto, if I
0: that that was a thing where they wanted to. That's that's a big part of like bringing in Michael Horse because Michael Horse is an actor, but he's also very much in the Native American community.
1: Oh, I'm with the new one with Johnny Depp.
0: Oh, like, okay. I
1: think Johnny Depp is more the star of the the Lone Ranger. I
0: I would agree with that. Yeah, he was the bigger name, the bigger draw.
1: Anyway, but yeah, but but no, having Michael Horse in it gives it a leg up on yeah <laughs> the Gore Verbinski one. Just like yeah. Casting an actual Native American actor is like, yeah.
0: Well, this one, I mean, you, you also mentioned it has Christopher Lloyd playing a, an okay bad guy. Um, I mean, you know, he's, I mean, Judge Doom compared to that, it's like.
1: Yeah, or nothing. even the Klingon in Search for Spock. Yeah. I love him I mean, in that movie. And, or the bad guy in Dennis the Menace. He's oh, God, a really yeah. weird, menacing villain in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of like a Huckleberry Finn character or something in the middle of that movie.
0: <laughs> but this one, he's just kind of like there, and he's and he's bad, and he's good at being bad. But he's like, whatever. Uh, I, I would rather have seen this character in the in the in one of the other movies that we're
1: uh, reviewing. Uh, that would have been funny. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, here's one thing I was talking about when I was watching this and all these other fucking movies that we're about to talk about. It's like, cast Christopher Lloyd as the fucking Lone Ranger. You got just cast somebody good. Like, here's... I know I bring this movie up a lot, or I feel like I have, but, like, an example of just, like, if you cast somebody fun in the movie, the movie will be good. Big Trouble Mm -hmm. in Little China. Kurt Russell in that movie is just doing, like, maybe my favorite action lead performance ever because... He's, like, he's everything that you need to be for that role, but he's, like, funny and shit, and he's having a good time. And that character is hilarious. I mean, Jack Mm -hmm. Burton, obviously, the joke is that Jack does nothing heroic, basically, until the very end. The knife-throwing thing he's been doing works out. It's just, like, it happens to be the thing he needs to do. And, like, he... Yeah. (laughs) But, But, like, this movie... They picked this guy, and I, I mean, you can read the Wikipedia. about, I don't know if you did. He's like this dude. This is his only movie. Mm-hmm. He apparently was super difficult to deal with. He acted like a total movie star on set and stuff. And then he, his reads were horrible. And so they hired James Keach to overdub his voice. Really? So everything he says is an, it's not his voice, it's not the actor's voice, it's James Keach. Wow.
0: Yeah, no wonder that guy <laughs> didn't work again. Holy shit.
1: God. S- he's How the you, most ha- nothing actor. I mean, he sucks, dude.
0: How would you like to just be, like, you're given this opportunity. Like, it's that dude who did fucking Boondock Saints, which is a movie I just like.
2: Troy don't, Duffy.
0: Yeah, I don't care about it. And it's just to To go in there thinking you're that you're the hot shit and just blowing it, (laughs) and like he fucking blew it. Like there's that great documentary about him where he just like, oh yeah, dude. Like
1: I still have never seen that dude, and
0: I've seen parts of it. And my friends slip through my
1: grasp every time I I think about it and I want. And
0: I'm just like, you know, there was enough of that kind of like testosterone fueled shit coming out at that time, like indie movies coming out, indie action. Yeah. And I thought Tarantino was kind of like above everything because it was, you had these like really chaotic scenes, but you also had these great dialogue scenes. They were really compelling and kind of drew you into the scene. And he knew he was, he's a fucking film nerd and I like him the same way that, the reason that I like, like Spike Lee yeah, because they're, they really know that language and they're doing it and they're using it to its full potential. Whereas a lot of this other stuff is just like trying to be cool. Um, and, yeah, so that, that guy who made Boondock Saints, I always felt that it was like, he's just trying to make a cool movie and not necessarily anything. But I haven't seen it yet, really. I haven't seen the whole thing. You haven't I do not know.
1: which one? Boondock Saints?
0: Boondock Saints.
1: Yeah. Boondock Saints is terrible, dude. Is it? Yeah. If Boondock Saints yeah. is comparable to Cuffs or something. You're dead on about, it's all about, that movie is all like style. Mm-hmm. And it's only trying to be cool. And meanwhile, yeah, it is, I would say, the most toxic, like, in terms of just a movie that exemplifies toxic masculinity, I think that that would be a good choice to pick, a very easy one to pick. Yeah, that well, movie like, is it's fucking terrible, dude. like on the
0: on kind of a uh, same wavelength of that, I kind of have the same feeling of like the Matrix movies, where I don't think they're testosterone fueled, but I do think they're a lot of style over substance, especially as we've discussed on this show, knowing what the Wachowskis are capable of, mm. you know, with because how how much I like Cloud Atlas and other movies they've done. And it's like, you know, watching The Matrix, and um people explain it to me like, I mean, like I never considered, you know, reality could be all fake, and I'm like, yeah, that's I don't know. Like, <laughs> I've heard, I've thought that myself. It, well, before this, it's like not that hard of a thing to consider.
1: Yeah, I I like I mean, a good stylish movie like Tony Scott I think is a great director that works with as little substance as possible, but as much style as he can fit yeah. into ninety minutes. Uh, and that, I don't know how, I can't remember how I even got onto this, but I think the Legend of the Lone Ranger, that's another thing that could have saved this movie is have some style behind the camera Mm -hmm. and the edits and stuff. This movie feels like it's fucking from the fifties or something. Yeah.
0: And And so
1: it's horrible.
0: There's this other thing. And so. The previous year I talked a lot about Dark Tower. I'm going to talk about Marvel right now because I'm watching through that right now. But there is a point where you have these older superhero movies. And you mentioned like The Phantom and um, The Phantom especially in The Shadow where it, it's the, the, the Marvel stuff took off when Marvel finally took over their own movies and made mm-hmm. that Iron Man movie in-house by people who like were running the comic book business. And understanding that, whereas everything else was just like, give it to someone like the Ang Lee one, which tried to make it look too much like a comic book, like make it resemble physically a comic book instead of like telling the story of these, of these weirdos with superpowers. And so when Marvel finally took over, that's when they finally like it clicked and they understood how to make those movies and how to make them entertaining and, and, um, have people connect to those characters, and now watching them all, there's some movies where you're just like, "That's a placeholder to set the character up so they can appear later on in a sequel that is a better movie, or so that they can appear in a crossover movie." But with like the Lone Ranger and the rest of these movies, it's really just like, well, "Let's dust off this character again. Let's see if that'll <laughs> let's, let's see if that'll work." And I mean, and it shows that they made this one. They they it didn't do well, and so. Come 2008 or whatever When when fucking Lone Ranger comes out It's just like yeah, Try it again And they'll try it again And you're going to see another Lone Ranger In another 10 years or so
1: Yeah because it's a cheap property And people just Want to make money There's Mm -hmm. no way to make Lone Ranger good Just stop doing Lone Ranger There's no way to make any of these three characters that we're talking about on this episode. I
0: have an argument for well, one. Well, wait, for, that's not yeah. true.
1: Because actually, the next one we're going to talk about, they brought it back in the 90s and it's an example of putting a good actor in the lead role and it makes it yeah. better, you know? So Should let's we just get so let's, into let's, it.
0: Yeah, let's first give this one a review a thumbs up or thumbs down. Thumbs down. down.
1: Thumbs down. Way down. So this movie's horrible. This is the best yeah. one we're going to talk about today, too.
0: Yeah, and, and Michael Horse, uh, you can't save it, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, you can't save it either. Jason Robards, you can't save it.
1: I'm sorry. He was bad. In the-
0: yeah, with a, with a horrible fake beard.
1: Yeah, he Gone. was not good in this movie.
0: All
2: right, uh, Roger, let's see what the next uh, movie is on our list. It's also a great hedge against inflation. Another reincarnated movie hero, Charlie Chan, with Peter Eustonoff in the lead, and Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Queen. Okay are warmer. All right, so I think we're a little—I think you were expecting our third
0: one to come up next. I was, uh, but it's okay. Yeah, so this is Charlie Chan and the Curse of the Dragon Queen. Um, what, what do you think about this
1: one, Randy? Well, I have zero connection. To Charlie Chan. I mean, I am kind of, I don't, I have huge gaps in my knowledge of classic cinema, especially stuff mm. from the 30s and 40s and stuff. And I'm looking at Charlie Chan on Wikipedia. It's like, <laughs> this is like the 20th movie or something. I mean, they made mm. shitloads of these movies. Yeah. And, but I just have, I've never seen a Charlie Chan movie. I didn't know anything about Charlie Chan. So I went into this cold, except for reading about it on Wikipedia, and I mean, I hated it. It, I think, <laughs> I think in terms of attempting to be like a comedy and so like this and the next movie, I'm gonna stop acting like. No, should I not say what it is? They said no, what true. it was. Okay, no, all right, well, no, whoa, but, yeah. whoa, wait, whoa, wait, okay. But the, this and the next movie, uh, are both like kind of parodies. They're like almost, yeah but not yeah. quite, naked gun, airplane stuff. They have, like, and this movie, def- like, Charlie Chan, like, there was a, a joke in it that, I mean, it wasn't even... It was amusing, I guess. It wasn't funny where a guy has a knife. He has a, a note stabbed into his back with a knife. Yeah. And the dude takes out the knife to get the note and then puts the knife back into the wound. And it's like, I mean... It's funnier talking about now than it was watching. It wasn't even. Yeah. It was just like I was just like, damn, this movie.
0: This was another one where I definitely checked out a few times, like both times watching it, where I just like I I couldn't pay attention. And again, it like there is for this one. I think there is a way to do this, um, correctly because I read up about it, and the character of Charlie Chan was a Hawaiian detective. He's, he's Chinese, but he's a Chinese immigrant living in Hawaii who becomes a Hawaii, who starts working for the Hawaii police force. Mm. And so he becomes a detective there based on a real guy, a real Chinese immigrant who uh, lived in Hawaii and was a detective.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, Cass, I mean, this is okay. The (laughs) guy playing Charlie Chan is British, right? (laughs) He's supposed to be a Chinese man,
0: and then you have Richard Hatch playing his grandson, who is playing a uh, he's this his grandson in that Charlie Chan has a a son, which he calls Number One Son, and so that guy married this Jewish woman, and they had a kid, and that's Richard Hatch. So he's half he's half Chinese. Um, and then he's going to marry Michelle Pfeiffer, who's in this
1: movie, uh,
0: who kind of surprised me.
1: Um, I thought she was pretty good in this.
0: She's in this period where she's playing this like bimbo character, not bimbo, but kind of stupid character. Um, this is around the same time she did like Grease Two, um, but then she also did Scarface. Around yes, yeah, so I'd
1: say too. Scarface is like probably the same year as this, right? Yeah.
0: And so this is like when I don't know, what was the first thing you noticed Michelle Pfeiffer in?
1: Um, I will never forget her on the cover of the fabulous Baker Boys, a movie I've still oh, really? seen. But I just remember the picture of her on that. I think my first Michelle Pfeiffer movie would be Batman Returns, probably. Yeah.
0: That's that's the one where I knew her name. I'm yeah. Like, She's Catwoman. Uh and and so but she had existed before that in all these roles that I just keep discovering as I get older because it's just like she wasn't a big star. Yeah. And I just watched uh the second Ant-Man movie and she showed up in that one. And I saw it like right before I watched this one. And it was like who she's become mm-hmm. versus who she was playing in nineteen eighty one, uh before Really, I, like Batman was the one where it's like now Michelle Pfeiffer is everywhere. I recognize her everywhere because of Batman, and I did from then on. Um, and just seeing her before that, it's just like it's a grab bag of like what who she's going to play, mm-hmm. what kind of character she's going to play. Um, but I don't know, I could see a Charlie Chan, I don't know, like a TV show that is played by a real like. Chinese or Chinese American person.
1: Oh, absolutely, dude. And you saying that, I didn't, it didn't occur to me when I was watching it that they could like reboot it in a way. But like, yeah, they did that stupid Perry Mason show. So it's yeah. like, I could do a better version of that with this reviving Charlie Chan and having, I don't know, but yeah, having it set in Hawaii and stuff. And like yeah, fucking, it seems like there's a 20 stories at least to mine you know so
0: I did enjoy this being set in San Francisco Um, they go to the mission at one point Uh, this is the mission that I used to live in the mission and it was very different Uh, in 81 there was a highway going through it that collapsed in the earthquake Mm. Um, and so it was a very different kind of neighborhood and I think this is where they're going in to the club where the dude is playing the saxophone, and gets electrocuted, uh, and so they're outside and everyone sees Charlie in his white suit, and then they come back through and everyone's wearing the white suit like Charlie Chan. Um, but you also get to see Chinatown in this movie, and I like. That part was seeing-
1: funny when he walked down and everyone's like, "Hey, white yeah. on white," everybody's like blown away by how yeah. they. Everybody thinks Charlie Chan is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, um, no, like, uh, Chinatown 2 is in this movie, and Chinatown, San Francisco, is still incredible. It's one of the last places that has not been, like, fully gentrified Mm. in in that city. Um, And so even when I lived in San Francisco and was going there more often, Chinatown then, like, four or five years ago, feels like it did in this movie. So a lot of the stuff that you see is very... Much like it still operates like that, um, it's a little bit exaggerated, but more or less, it's like a lot of the same markets are there, a lot of same the same families own the same spots that they've owned for generations, and it's like very much this thriving community that is like still exists and has not been decimated yet by the tech industry of the Bay Area. So
1: very cool. I feel yeah. like I've been there maybe as a kid, but. I might be wrong about that. Yeah. I've definitely... I have been there know, a long time. I've been around San Francisco a lot of time. I you know, a fair bit. But I don't know. Chinatown's not ringing... It's ringing a distant bell, but I might be, like we talked about, big trouble in little China. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. like, just me watching that so much <laughs> as a kid, just like, yeah, I've been there, you know. Yeah. So, all right. But, yeah, uh, Charlie Chan... I mean, what can we say about this movie, dude? Did you know about Charlie Chan the character and stuff growing up in any way?
0: not really i I, I wasn't very aware, and so coming into this, I also came into it pretty cold um, and so all the stuff I've talked about so far i've just I've read about since watching this movie uh, and I don't know, like this movie though, I wish it would have gone in a serious direction. I wish it would have cast. Because there's a ton of Asian and Asian-American people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um Plenty. And I'm like, I don't understand the, the decision to... I think maybe that's what they traditionally did because at the end of this movie, they, there's a scene in a movie theater where they're watching Charlie Chan movies. And so the Charlie Chan in the movie is also a character in these movies. And it's a weird thing. And I'm like, I wish they didn't go comedy and they went, like, serious and made it, like, I don't know, a drama. Like, yeah. that would have been neat. That would have been really neat in 1981 to see them dust off this kind of, uh this pulp character and do something, like, do the kind of dark and gritty thing, but in 1981... And this,
1: yeah, this was reminding me of the Dragnet movie, kind of. Oh,
0: God, yes. <laughs> yes. That's a very good comparison.
1: <laughs> it's just like, it's very jokey. This was the most, like, almost like airplane at times mm. and stuff.
0: I think that, like, they probably could have done a little bit of comedy but if they made this more like 48 hours versus... What they did, I would rather yeah. see like a forty eight hours version of this movie uh, um
1: it's forty eight hours is older than this too. I mean, these movies, all three of these they feel like so much older than nineteen ninety one
0: yeah Ugh. so um I think that about is all I have to say
1: I mean, I got nothing more. To say about this? Did Ebert or Siskel have anything more to say about this one?
0: No, they kind of wrap it up at the very end there, which we'll kind of review. Okay, but cool. um, why don't we go ahead and move on to the third?
1: Well, thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, oh yeah, thumbs down.
0: Thumbs down okay. on this one. It's fucking terrible. Uh, like,
1: yeah. You know, I don't think it'd be hard to find this movie. <laughs> it's not worth it looking for. it.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. So let's go on to movie number three. Finally, George Hamilton resurrected another old-time movie hero: Zorro, the Gay Blade. <laughs> this movie, out of these three, this might be my favorite.
0: Um, this was one that was that I had known about for quite a, a while. I had seen it a long time ago, <laughs> and um, it is one of my mother's favorite favorite movies. Um, this and is. This is. It's one of her kind of like stupid movies that she loves, Um, and I gotta say, I like George Hamilton in this movie playing the dual roles. I kind of (laughs) want to see this. I kind of like. I am imagining this like the Zorro and him and his brother, his openly gay brother, like fighting like one with a whip and one with a, a sword, and continuing it on like, in a comic book or something, I'm like, I could totally see that. That would be fucking awesome. Where they're, like, fighting side-by-side as two Zoros. Yeah. Uh, That would be cool. I think that would be really cool. But uh, this movie is, like, it is is a Zorro movie. It is George Hamilton. He is playing uh, the son of the original Zorro, although he does not know that. His father dies, and... He picks up the mantle of Zorro, but breaks his ankle, and then immediately, he's, yeah, and then his gay twin brother comes in and takes up the mantle <laughs> of Zorro while his ankle is broken. So it's it's George Hamilton playing two versions of himself, one of whom is flamboyantly gay, the other one is like flamboyantly Spanish. Um,
1: total brown face.
0: Total brown face. But it's also George Hamilton was known for having a tan, so I don't think he was browned up too much. If anything, his counterpart was whitened up a bit, if anything. Uh, But also, George Hamilton, not Spanish.
1: (laughs) Dude, I don't know, man. I thought this movie was so hard. This... I got so mad watching this movie. This I also, is the one.
0: I also checked out of this movie okay. part as well, like, both us watching just, it.
1: When we, I think I referenced, it could have been in the last episode, pausing after, like, five, being, like, only five minutes has passed. That was this movie that, yeah. like, I was just like, no way. It dragged on. Yeah. Fuck the and this is the one I'd seen of all of these. Yeah. I've seen they played this on HBO, and I remember being like, "What the fuck?" This one and there's like like a Gerard Depardieu Three Musketeers movie from the '80s. I think there's there's a Cyrano
0: de Bergerac that he did.
1: All right, but maybe it's not maybe it's not him, but there's there's like some like '80s Three Musketeers movies, right? Maybe. That are like. Shitty, like, like all the movies we're talking about. This
0: I the 90s one with like uh, with uh, um, Charlie Sheen. And
1: I'm not talking about that one, is deep. Uh, the one with, in my memory, I've uh, the never one seen with that the movie. the
0: Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting song.
1: On the I love that song, dude. <laughs> all for One, All for Love, All for Love. That's like one of my favorite. <laughs> songs ever, dude. I think about I, that song all the time.
0: I was playing that like a month ago. I was like in the kitchen. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I haven't heard that Brian Adams singing Rod Stewart song in a long time.
1: <laughs> it's so awesome, man. <laughs> that it all for one and off for love. It's just like so badass. But um, we're getting off subject now. I wish that we were talking about that movie. We should talk that movie. <laughs> should- Fucking kicks ass. Oliver Platt, Rebecca yep. De Mornay, Tim Curry's the bad guy. And um, that one dude who's the bad guy in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and 1492, Conquest of Paradise. Oh. Uh, Michael Wincott. Yeah. Anyway. He's in The Crow, too. Yeah, he's the bad guy in The Crow. He was getting work. He's a bad guy in Metro, too.
0: And in, uh, in Dead, Dead Man, he's one of the, the bad guys in Dead Man.
1: And he's an Oliver Stone regular. He's in like talk radio and lots of stuff. Okay. Anyway. Uh, Zorro the Gay Blade. I hated it. You hated I mean, it? <laughs> minute of it? I really, I thought Charlie Chan was funnier than Zorro the Gay Blade. Did you? Honestly. I Did Zorro cut a Z into anybody's shirt in this movie? I don't know if he cut it into
0: anyone's shirt, but there was the part where his brother first shows up and goes on his first, like, mission or whatever. Uh And instead of a sword, he's got the whip. Yes. And he whips Zorro, the full Z-O-R-R-O, into the wall with the whip. And I thought that was really funny. Yes. Uh, And so instead of just slashing the Z, he does do the Z on the door. And the guy was like, oh, that's a number two. Um so there is like the Z thing in there but I don't know if he's like is <sighs> uh, a Z.
1: I kept getting and even in this episode I kept getting the Lone Ranger and Zorro confused they have like right. very similar costumes and shit. And this, you know? this is where I would
0: say I hated the the villain of Zorro cuz I hated his voice cuz he was always screaming. And this awful voice, and I hated it. So I'm like, why don't we get Christopher Lloyd from the Lone Ranger movie to be, like, the bad guy in the Zorro movie? Yeah. Uh, I would enjoy that movie where you have a real bad guy um,
1: against these two,
0: like, ridiculous characters.
1: Um, I do, like, the Zorro movie from, like, 98 with Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Did they make
0: two of those or just...
1: They did. They made another one, like The Legend of Zorro. It's not as good. But the first one is a fun action movie that has some real... I mean, if I recall correctly, the bad guy gets, like, brutally killed at the end of the movie. Oh, really? Like some gold falls on him or something from a high distance or something horrible, you know? Uh, and it's just, like, that movie was developed and it was supposed to be a Robert Rodriguez movie. And so that's why he cast the mm. movie. And that's why Antonio Banderas was casting it. But that's that was my point that I was hinting at earlier, is to make a movie like this last and be good and have people talk about it, you got to cast somebody good in the lead. Don't... Yeah. I was talking today... This guy I work with about Tron Legacy. Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, that movie should have been a home... It should be a movie that we all talk about today and stuff, but it has such a nothing performance in the yeah, very center that. of it that it just doesn't... Like, who cares about it, you know? I
0: So if, if we can go down that route, I liked parts of that movie mostly with the Jeff Bridges character. Um and what Flynn had become, but I agree with you that, that his son is, was like a central focus of that movie. And then you have like Killian Murphy in that movie who doesn't do anything. <laughs> uh, he doesn't do anything in that movie. The biggest thing that come out of that movie was that Daft Punk soundtrack. Yeah. Like honestly, um, it got, it brought us that. I don't think it really, uh, but I heard that TV show is good. Did you ever watch mm, that? No. I never watched it. I heard that was like, that's, if you wanted the continuation of Tron, that's where to go. That's the one that did it right.
1: Well, yeah, fair enough. I'm just saying, like, what if you put, I mean, just left field, like, what if you put, like, Jonah Hill as the star of Tron Legacy or something like that? You know, that's a terrible example. But what if you put somebody that had, like, a personality that you'd remember as the star of that movie? It just would have made... I mean, we'd all be talking of, about it still, I think, part of the thing, visually was awesome, you know, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, like that original movie was like, it was already visually, nothing had come out that looked like that before. And, mm-hmm. you know, Tron Legacy comes out, a lot of movies look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have in the original Tron, Jeff Bridges leading that movie. And, you know, I like, I like Jeff Bridges.
1: Yeah, um, I do too.
0: And so you have him in the second one, but it's like he's the secondary character. And then you, again, have that nothing guy who kind of doesn't bring anything to an otherwise okay story, I thought. Like, and I don't know, but in this movie, like, I like the comedy aspect of it somewhat, but I also think it's a problem with both this one and Charlie Chan, where there's, like, Charlie Chan, I think they should have gone drama. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why the decision was made to, like, bring these back as, like, slapstick comedies. Um, you know, it's kind of like doing the Batman thing, where, like, when I was growing up, Batman was Adam West until Tim Burton got a hold of it, mm-hmm. and until the animated series came out. And then every, you know, pe- what people think about Batman now is like that and, and Nolan and everything. But I'm like, yeah. Batman had this really corny phase. And um, I like that for Batman for what it is, but I also like the other shit too. And I feel like they were trying to do too hard on the Batman when it really didn't ever need to go into that direction. The story was never corny enough on its own to warrant that. Whereas Batman has always been like, Guy in a fucking cape and pointy ears flying around. Um, it's silly on it, you know, to begin with. Uh, but where Charlie Chan is, it's just like a cop. He's a cop. He's a detective, and it yeah. doesn't really need to go silly. And and um, where in Zorro, I liked the the way that they brought in the new character of the brother. And the reason why he had to come up and the differences between the two of them. And I'm like, I want to see both of them come back in something. I want a new movie that is like really cool and action packed with two of them. Uh, That would be awesome. Um, But I don't know. Again, doing it the comedy. And then there's that character whose voice I cannot stand. Yeah. And just ruins this movie for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. I didn't find a lot of enjoyment from this one, honestly. It it was very boring to me too. But also just like not funny, like eye-rollingly bad. Yeah. But I don't know. I was very, very checked out, very wishing we weren't doing this while I was Yeah, watching. I this movie I was, in particular was just like I was feeling it.
0: I was I was really as we started getting into this, I'm like, oh, we really gotta do this, don't we? Like you yeah. can't watch all of these movies. So Yeah. Um, and it reminds me when we started doing we did two episodes where we did two movies at once. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember why we stopped doing that too. Yeah. I hate like I like one movie covering a full week instead of yeah. like three movies covering a week.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. God damn. Um
0: so this one, what are you what are you gonna give it? A thumbs up or a thumbs down?
1: Thumbs down. I hated it
0: thumbs down i think i'm gonna give it a thumbs down because i think most people will hate it if you're again really curious about it i think there's some little bit to offer to it um but there are much better movies out there and so thumbs down from me uh let's see how gene and roger wrap up this segment of these three movies
2: The Lone Ranger, Charlie Chan, and Zorro. Those names used to kind of guarantee entertainment when I was a kid, but those three 1981 movies didn't have the magic of the originals. They exploited their heroes without ever really appreciating the real humor and style that went into creating those characters in the first place. Absolutely. Uh, I don't understand. Again, it's a matter of pride, I would think. You're a movie maker. Mm -hmm. You want to make something fresh. I don't even know why they bother to go
1: back. It's such a safe play. It's the kind of thing a financier thinks of, not
2: someone who I loves movies. I think you movies. put your finger right on it. These are deals, not movies. It looks good on paper. They get the money. Everybody gets paid. The movie is an afterthought.
0: Yeah, total hard agree on that stuff.
2: How right um, they were.
0: Yep. Um, and I know, I know, I've had the argument about Marvel with you guys in in the in the chat, and I I will totally agree that I know that it is Disney I know that they're trying to make as many of these as possible while they are still popular I will agree that some of them are just not great Um, and it's just to get you to watch the next movie Mm -hmm. but when they hit they hit and I like it I like the characters they do the same thing with the comics and now that they've kind of established a story I like that they can kind of explore it and do kind of the weird shit that they get to do in the comics um, in the movies and TV shows now um, they will never get to be as expansive as they are in the comics, uh, just because you're, you're not as limited budget wise, um, as you would be with a movie. Um, but it's nice to see that they kind of finally hit that mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of in that same realm as that existing IP and superheroes. I've also got us a copy of that, um, that Captain America movie from pyeon uh, that he did oh, hell in yeah. the '80s, and I I want to do that because there there is that in like the Punisher movies, um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, both like the Dolph Wandering one and the and like War where it was still in that before time where they had really, and even if you look at like the the DC stuff, they haven't really figured that out, I don't think yet, the way that Marvel has Marvel and Disney have, um, so I kind of like to see that evolution of like how we got there. And what they tried before and what didn't work, mm-hmm. and, and there's also that that Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie. Have you seen that one? Uh,
1: I've seen parts of that. Um, You've probably seen enough of that movie. Yeah, I I liked the ones that everyone hates, like the chickless thing ones. I
0: watched the, I watched that first one for the first time uh, a few Is weeks it, ago.
1: It's like okay. it's all right. There's it's short, right? Isn't that yeah, one of the, short- the best things about it? It's like ninety minutes. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, just to s- speaking to what they were talking about, about like you know, like it's like financiers or what it's like. The movie's the afterthought. I think a movie that came to mind when they were talking about that, that like is something new that they brought back out of love that was great is creed um
0: yeah yeah
1: which Ryan Coogler was just like he used this on the strength of Fruitvale Station he was like I've, I really want to make a Rocky spin-off movie he pitched it and it got made and it's amazing I love Creed I love Creed 2 I mean just like with Rocky and all sequels they're going to make Creed 3 and it's Probably going to be not good, you know, yeah. But I mean, but
0: that, that, is a neat, that is a neat take. And I think that, um, and this is a complaint I have from the last Ghostbusters movie that came out where I thought it was a huge waste of talent on that. I think they could have made a Ghostbusters movie. They could have done one of two things. Made a Ghostbusters movie with the same cast but set it in the same universe and haven't been a continuation mm-hmm. and not something new. I would rather have seen that Um, or done a Ghostbusters like movie without the Ghostbusters IP with the same cast a supernatural comedy with the same cast yeah and I think it if it had not been constrained by Ghostbusters fitting into the Ghostbusters story it would have been a much better movie same slapstick kind of like uh, movie uh, like Bridesmaids but um, not Ghostbusters so like
1: it is crazy that that even happened. like. Well, then they, you, they got the new
0: one coming out, which I am doubly not interested in seeing.
1: And that movie has been done for years, I feel like. Yeah. Right? The new one. Yeah. and Yeah, dude. Like, But you bringing that up, it's like, I mean, and this whole exercise doing the Dogs of 81, it does, I mean, it really just shows you that all eras have... Tons of horrible <laughs> movies and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, unfortunately, I think now, I mean, it's not... You can get what you want, I guess, in other places, but just in terms of, like, movies and stuff, especially, like, movies with money and stuff behind them that are made with, like, a lot of craft and stuff, you know, versus something that's made for Netflix, which, you know, whatever. But... Um, the ratio is way off of, like, while you had all this horrible movies and stuff in 81, movies were, like, one of the primary forms of entertainment, so there was a lot of them, and you have a lot of... You, while you have all these horrible fucking comedies and stuff, there's, like, tons of classic, excellent stuff happening then. but now we have just... I mean, there's a lot of other different kinds of media and stuff and T V yeah. streaming has taken over completely. So I think a lot of it's just a lot of it's getting funneled there. And then I mean, talking about what they were talking about stuff being made for money. I mean, we're living in like the the nightmare yeah. reality of what they were talking about forty years ago now. Yeah. I
0: mean absolutely. Um and I watched their Star Wars review and even then they, they say they hope that this isn't what takes over money like movies. This is like these big blockbusters. Yeah. And again, me bringing it back to my Marvel thing, I like watching those movies. I really enjoy that these exist, and that there are a lot of them that all fit in the same thing. But I want my quiet movies too. You know, I want my, I want my, you know, film school dramas that I need to sit through and yeah. be, and think about and and contemplate and stuff, I still need that in my, in my movie watching experience and I need it to be balanced out. But I, you know, there's also this thing about like, you, you look at media and the way it was consumed, you know, back even in the eighties where there was a, a a distinct divide between television and, and movies where they were doing like these TV movies and stuff or TV miniseries. But the level of of quality that and money that they were throwing in, you could tell if something was made for TV versus if it was a feature film. Yeah. And now that divide is it, it's not as easy, easily cut and dry between the two, where you have <clears throat> the same kind of talent that is that is that you would normally expect from a feature film now coming to you in a miniseries. Mm-hmm. You know, big stars who are still banking on the movies are going on to a miniseries and doing a full season. Um, Big directors are doing the same thing. And, you know, it's just how we're doing that. So then you also talk about the expansion of cable and streaming on top of that, where everyone's trying to create their own stuff. And even a basic TV movie is going to look much better than it did in 1981. It's going to look much more like a feature film that was that came out in the theater. Uh, and even compared to some of the features that we reviewed here, it's going to look even better. So, I don't know. It's, there's still good stuff being made. And we're in such a weird spot right now, both with the expansion of streaming and COVID, I think, mm-hmm. is going to affect a lot of stuff. And I look but- at things like... How we came out of the writer's strike in the early two thousands and how that changed a lot of how we consume things, and how that's leading up to now. So, I, I think, think it, it, it's going to rebalance itself eventually. I don't think it, can, yeah. it can't stick like this forever.
1: Movies, yeah. I mean, it's I've seen, I said it recently. I think that the movies are dead or whatever. You know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I think that's that's dramatic, of course. But like, I mean, it's just like it's not the dominant forcing, that's just sort of like, I guess when I get upset about where we are today, I'm more mourning that, you know, things have shifted and I don't, I just don't personally like TV and stuff like that as much as I like movies, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's always going to be movie and yeah, people are going to come back. We just like, we need to have. Something come out that is so good that it blows everyone's mind and it shifts culture again. You know what I mean? I'm just like, we're due for something like that. I don't know what it's going to be. Well, I I think we've we've
0: had stuff like that, whether it's good or not, I would say like Tiger King is something similar where that became a cultural thing. that Mm. Everyone was fucking talking about Tiger King. But... You know, that feels like a million years ago. That was just a year ago. <laughs> yeah, and, I know. And, you know, and it just, it, it, everything moves so fast now. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that you were like, wow, that was forever ago. No, that was three weeks ago because like 700 other things have happened since then mm-hmm. that we've all talked about.
1: I feel like and Uncut stuff Gems is, is maybe a movie that people are still talking about, you know, maybe I, that's kind of it, a bigger movie. From that might be
0: one I've since have uh, read about the Safety brothers being lumped into the bro movie, which I can see like the same kind of Tarantino can be as well, yeah. Um, you know, and there's I, I feel that like the Safety brothers, with probably their next three movies, there's going to be like a whole mess of uh copycat movies. People are going to be, like, all over Safdie Brothers-style movies.
1: Well, I think so, too. I mean, that's why it's, like, it's sort of a big, it's a shifting movie that people are going to be like, oh, you know, which, like, it is crazy. I don't know if you've seen the Pusher trilogy.
0: Not all the way through. I've seen a lot, a a big chunk of the first movie.
1: Yeah, I think Pusher 1 especially is, like, Uncut Gems takes so much of that energy from that movie it's that's about a drug dealer and not a compulsive gambler but he is he sure is it's so similar in a lot of ways to Uncut Gems and I like Uncut Gems a lot I mean I like Good Time even more and stuff yeah I think
0: Good Time is the better of the two but I like Uncut Gems quite a bit
1: I just brought that up because it's like a movie like oh okay I guess that's sort of like a serious movie that people are like it's sort of it's changed thing or made an impression, you know. Like yeah. Across.
0: Well, I want to say that like you know the '90s definitely had as as much as it had like the independent wave. It had, you know, it was a tail end of a big blockbuster era as well. So you had kind of like the ID4 and stuff like that come out, and then stuff started to peter out pretty quickly. Uh, you know, you know, stuff didn't become as big. So you had this big independent film boom. And, and then I think it picked back up again and now we're in the big IP boom where that's that's really big right now and I think it's people are going to get tired of that again. Um, they will. You know, it's, and, and those movies are just not going to make as much money as they used to and people are going to seek out different forms of entertainment and something really original is going to come out and click with people really hard and that's the kind of stuff people are going to seek out after that. So, mm-hmm. Or it might just be so dispersed that we really are for the rest of time now, just kind of seeking out our own little pockets of, of interest. And, um, you're going to have to start relying more on, on individual curators like you used to at a video store or something. So you, you find someone who like is into the thing cause there's so much you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you kind of get word of mouth again, whereas a, an algorithm will never be able to kind of like separate that out.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's good and bad. I just, you know, I love movies. I just want to see more good movies get made. I want to be, I want to sit and watch a movie and be like, yes, this rules. Instead of like, I feel like a lot of new movies you sit and watch. I get the same feeling that I get when I watch The Legend of Lone Ranger or whatever, like any of these movies where I'm just like. Just like looking at my yeah. watch, like the whole movie. It's just like, yeah, and then we're going to do this thing, and then we're going to do this. It's like, because that's the thing about the Lone Ranger in particular, and Zoro, it's like, what situation can you put these characters in that I would care about, that yeah. I don't already know that you're going to fight this bad guy? I mean, it will just lead up to this thing. I don't know what to do with It's not yeah. like Pee Wee Herman where you can kind of put him... Or Ernest or something where you can put them in infinite different things, you know, or whatever. Um, Zoro is just like, I don't care about this character. I mean, the only thing that you could have done... To make me like Zora or the Lone Ranger is send them through time to like modern day LA. <laughs> I was
0: about to say or something.
1: Like I was about to say
0: <laughs> the the thing I like about the Marvel stuff is that like you got this World War II super soldier that also goes to space sometimes and goes back in time. And I'm like, Zora will never do that. Yeah, Zoro will never go to space. And it's just like he just doesn't fit. Whereas like Captain America, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. He goes to space sometimes. And it's like, yeah, okay, I, that's what I like, is that you can just plop that guy into another genre, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, totally cool with it. Whereas this is just like, oh, we're going to make another movie, and he's going to be in California again, is he? And it's going to be him and his brother chasing around bad guys. There might be a train sequence on this one.
1: I mean, yeah, add magic into it. I mean, yeah, you know, there's, like, add aliens, like you were talking about, or add it has to be anything but just like a western, mm-hmm. which is what The Legend of the Lone Ranger was and then Zorro is like kind of a comedy, but it's like and you've got this setup where he's playing twins, one's gay. I mean, I I hate the idea. It wasn't I didn't think it was funny. It wasn't as intense was like, as I thought it would be, but yeah, I mean, was that, like, that's the
0: thing that did surprise me was not as it, as far as it could have gone. And yeah. I I have seen that kind of stuff repurposed and done correctly, Um, you know, go from being a gay stereotype to like a strong gay character. Mm -hmm. Um, So I could see that happening. I'm like, it's him and his brother. His brother's still openly gay, just not as, you know, stereotypically gay, but they're both crime fighters, one with a whip and one with a sword. Boom. That's awesome to me. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's something new. Two Zorro's. Um, yeah. So but it wasn't,
1: they didn't, they had they the idea and they didn't they do didn't enough with it. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, what the fuck are we doing here? And then Charlie Chan, like again, Yeah, I don't, I don't I mean that's that. like, it reminded me of there's a, the Brenda Starr movie. What? With <laughs> Timothy Dalton. <laughs> and I don't these, know about that one. Yeah. These, these kids I was friends with when I was like a little kid, they were like my best friends. These twins, uh, they had that movie randomly on VHS, and I was like, what is Brenda's star? <laughs> and I knew Timothy Dalton from, like, The Living Daylights and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think we watched it maybe one time, and, like, yeah. But it reminded me of that where it's just like, what the hell is this, you know? Yeah. Like, it's based on some property that, like, who is, like, truly who is this for, you know? Or
0: it's like. God, I love this is where it's like the book was a huge hit for like a week or whatever, enough to sell the rights and make a movie. And then Mm. that author didn't do anything else and they just, their career went flat. And so it's just, you got this movie based on this like really mediocre story and it's got these big actors from the era in it and you watch it and you're like, who, I don't, I don't really (laughs) understand who this is for. Like it didn't make me feel anything. And they obviously was like everyone talked about it. Um, so anyway, there yeah, there's a lot of this shit out there and I do like going in and digging back into it a little bit. Yeah. Because it's it it does remind me like you said that there was a lot of shit that came out in every era and that the good stuff kind of the you know, floats to the top and you remember that and you say, "Wow, movies used to be a lot better back then." Well, mm. They were still making the same shit. You just don't see that after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, you know, you get certain movies that kind of get, I, you know, that, that become part of the canon over time. And uh, I do like to remind myself that shit still existed sometimes, as excruciating as it, it can be.
1: Yeah, it's true, uh, but it's just like I was saying, the ratio is different now because, yeah. you know, more TV... I mean, but- but we might look back at
0: that, like, 10 years from now and see, like, oh, no, all these great movies came out in the in the late 2010s, early 2020s.
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: We'll have to see, like, what catches on. Because there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes out, people don't notice, gets picked up later on. You know, plenty of stuff that I like. That's true. So there, there might be stuff that we just haven't watched, totally missed out on.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen every movie. That's yeah. true. And I bet there's, like, definitely foreign stuff the that yeah. miss that's good you know yeah and there's going to be good movies coming out i mean yeah there's definitely there's a few yeah. movies coming out that like look good to me right now so i mean whatever
0: yeah. but you're excited about that new uh statham and
1: uh uh guy Ritchie movie <laughs> i am very excited about that what yeah. is it the wrath <laughs> of man or some bullshit yeah it looks like the dumbest movie ever I was I was not just now I was thinking of there's some like movies that look good I mean this movie looks good but for different reasons you know but yeah, yeah. No, I I do love a good guy Ritchie Jason Statham he is the one of the best of the bro. And, like, undeniably, he's a bro filmmaker. I think yeah. he's, he's one of the best guys. Am I? I think
0: he's one. Uh, you might get Snatch in there, but I think Snatch is— you, Snatch used to be way up in there, but I think that has kind of, like, gotten knocked down a few times. Uh, well, not
1: Lockstock wouldn't be.
0: Lockstock used to be in there, too. Um, but now I think so much other shit has come out yeah. that has taken the place there. Um, I, I haven't Rock seen it in a long time.
1: Is kind of in the mix too. Is it? That's sort of a dark horse that has Gerard Butler. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> Rock and Roller.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll have to review that those movies sometime. Like I watched. Um,
1: we should cover a, a, a Richie movie sometime. Yeah,
0: I watched Now You See Me recently, and that feels oh. like the same.
1: I love I, those.
0: I kind of liked it. <laughs> it was kind of fun. <laughs> I was
1: like. Those movies are powerfully like stupid. Like, <laughs> I would rather watch Now You See Me than any Marvel movie. I am truly—if they get that team back together, it's such a. It's, oh, for the third movie. It's, yeah, it's Woody Harrelson, Iowa Fisher, and then later in the second movie, it's um, from Masters of Sex and Party Down.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and, what's her name? I can't um, remember.
0: Yeah, but then. Uh- Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse
1: Eisenberg and Dave Franco. It's like, mm-hmm. it's a and true. Then, uh, and they're, all their magic tricks are shit that, like, they accomplish it through CG and editing in the movie. It's like stuff that you can't do in real life. Yeah. But the, the conceit is, no, idiot, I'm a genius, and this is an illusion. It's not really magic, but it's like, no, you can't do this stuff in real life. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so, It's so good. I love it.
0: And then you got so, Ruffalo in there,
1: too. In the oh, mix. yeah. Ruffalo's in the mix and Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine.
0: <laughs> Man, we should do one of those
1: movies. We should. They're yeah. way better than any of these movies. Although uh, the per, the versions of us 20 years from now doing whatever podcast, it's not going to be podcasts, they'll talk about those movies. And yeah, yeah. Like these, you know, like Now You See Me will probably be forgotten a time. Much in the same way that Zorro the Gay Blade has been yeah. forgotten to time.
0: Yep. Well, I think that wraps up uh, part two of our one-year anniversary show. One year, Randy.
1: One year. What a long, strange trip it's been.
0: I know. Uh, I I definitely thought we would be out of this pandemic by this time, but here we are, yeah. still at home watching movies. All those stuff is getting somewhat back to normal, but not yeah. nearly what it was. So,
1: And, you know, I'll continue to do this even when things are back to normal. I, got, I know. I, you know, this is a fun thing to do for, my, look, for me. Look, we
0: got, we got a Marvel TV show on right now. We got at least two movies coming out uh, and another, another TV show coming out, which I'm excited for. So I got a lot to watch this year. Um, I haven't watched any of the Oscar-nominated movies, so... <laughs> I'm gonna get on some yeah. of those.
1: Mortal Kombat's coming out soon. That would oh really? Cool. Yeah, I'll watch that. I saw the second one in the theater. Hell yeah! I saw part Hell. one like many times in theater. Oh really? Hell yeah! I
0: didn't see that one. I got I rented that, but uh, part two came out. It was I went. It was in high school and then I went to the Dollar Theater, in North Park. Hell yeah! You gotta see that one. So. That's something I missed, going to the dollar theater. We don't have a dollar theater out here.
1: We don't either anymore. Oh, really? No. North Park is gone? Yeah, it's out of business. All oh. dollar theaters are gone now.
0: I saw so many movies at that North Park before it yeah. was a dollar theater. I saw Bill and Ted 3 there. saw both uh first two Ninja Turtles there.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I saw tons of movies at the when it was a dollar theater there, for sure.
0: It well, used to be a bigger screen. It used to be a double screen. Hmm. And so they cut them all up and so the the big screen was
1: big yeah it was weird there was a one of the like you know how usually you go in and the seats kind of descend (laughs) on a ramp it was like ascending (laughs) instead oh yeah like the back row is like lower like it it was very strange and it smelled like piss in there for years
0: yeah yeah Uh, it got bad there.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was awful. So, That's how she goes sometimes. Anyway.
0: Well, Randy, what you got? What you got going on?
1: Oh, nothing. Chat Pile is a band you can listen to. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you like it. We've been, people have been listening to it. Yeah. We're doing it for the love of the game.
0: Hell yeah. Maybe we'll do a Patreon if we get enough of you.
1: Oh, interesting. <laughs> if, if
0: if you if you ask us to do it, if you ask us to review like other weird shit. Um I don't know, I've thought about that. I'm like what would we what extra would we do?
1: I don't know like, if we would have the interest a and b I, having this be this assignment. Like I don't know if I'd be willing to let people make me do stuff, you know. If
0: they're paying me money for it, I might be more interested in doing yeah, it. Yeah. I'm getting a, maybe. like some money out of it, but I don't know. Like, I was thinking, like, okay, there's that Woody Allen movie I want to review, Cassandra's Dream, but I don't want to put a Woody Allen movie out there. Yeah. I don't want to kind of give that attention to it. So I would maybe do that for paying people and saying, like, Here's, here it is. I know you're paying, so I know you can understand this with the context. Here it is. But I don't want to yeah. do that for free. I don't want to do that out to, the, like, the general. <laughs> to well. give... To give that person that kind of additional exposure that I don't think they deserve it.
1: When that day comes that we, you know, necessitate a Patreon, we'll cover Woody Allen, Roman Polanski, yep. the guy who made Jeepers Creepers, like whatever you want.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to pay for that. Uh, you got to give us money yeah. and actively take money from them.
1: So. For us to watch movies that we like, but are made by, like, pedophile people. Yep. Cool.
0: yep, So <laughs> fully, aware, fully aware of why you shouldn't, but also, man, they're movies that they got made, so they happened, and for what they are, they exist.
1: Yeah, and you just kind of got to get your old fucking brain, kick your brain up. Uh, what am I saying? Like a lawnmower, you know? Get it started. (laughs) You just got to think about things sometimes and not just be like a fucking idiot all the time when it comes to media and stuff. In my opinion. Because, I mean, yeah. It's easy to just be like, yeah, this guy is awful, but I've seen this movie. I liked it. How do I feel? You know, like coming to terms with stuff. A lot of times I find... I don't go back to stuff. When I've thought about it, when I've really thought stuff through, it's like then I get to the point and it's like, yeah, I don't need to see Woody Allen movies again. Yeah. So and maybe you and, come back and you're like, I, you know, it's like the art beats that just in terms of emotion and stuff. That happens yeah. rarely, but I guess it could happen. It it know.
0: finally happened with me and Michael Jackson. I kind of had to like get rid of Michael Jackson mm. as much as I liked Michael Jackson stuff in my life. It was just like... Yeah, this is yeah. it. I'm finally doing it. I'm finally getting out of my life. And grew up with this music, love it, but yeah, can't do it anymore. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes um, it takes some time to just think about stuff, but you yep, know, whatever. So, I don't know. We got way off topic. Way off. Way off uh, weeds here. So for
0: me, check out my other shows: Nerd Rage, The Great Debates, Subdoc for documentary reviews, uh, and then check out. Ad Wizards, which is uh, Landon Aviva, two friends of mine who do a podcast. I don't really have anything to do with it, but I like them, so you should listen to it. Um, And then Talkies, which you can find on Twitch and on Zoom uh, every other Friday. Uh, Fun show. I've been doing it for a long time. We are getting some really great people. And it's a comedy show that that takes advantage of Zoom. It's a comedy show made for Zoom. It's not a stand-up show adapting to Zoom. It is a show that already was fit for Twitch and Zoom. We just finally took it there. So mm. um, give, that, give that a look. I really love doing that show. So. Hell yeah. All right. Randy, let's get rid. Let's finally put this to bed. Let's put these movies to bed so we don't have to think about them anymore.
1: Put them to bed. Get rid of them.
0: And let's come back next week with something a little bit more enjoyable. We don't know uh, what that dude, is yet, but
1: We'll watch some great movies. I've got some good, some some true good movies, like quote-unquote good movies that I've been wanting to cover on here. We're going to get back into it. Thank you, everybody, for listening yeah. to this. I, Sorry I promise that we I'm, covered I'm, a bunch of horrible movies. <laughs>
0: I promise that I'm going to put my blind picks on hold for a little bit. Just and and pick some stuff that I actually enjoy, um, and have seen before, maybe or will watch before picking it. Uh, so I promise that you'll get at least a little bit, uh, from me. That won't necessarily be true for some of the guests we have because they we let them pick whatever they want, Mm -hmm. and so it's a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to our guests. So,
1: only very rarely have I been like, What the fuck, I gotta say. (laughs) Wonder Dave, if you're listening, whatever that movie <laughs> we watched, that like Laotian movie. Yeah. That's, that's the worst movie we've done on here, maybe. Wow. I, I think so. Like that movie. Dearest yeah. sister. Yeah. Geez I, Louise, I, I, that was a poorly made film.
0: I forget about that one. Honestly. You were a
1: great guest uh, though, Wonder Dave. Yes. You were on the we, night. He will episode. be back. I'd love to have him back, but I'd say that's the only movie where I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, <laughs> this movie was not good. Cool.
0: All right, Randy, it's been <laughs> a year. It has. It's, it's also late. It's much later where you are, and I haven't eaten yet. So.
1: Oh, dude, I gotta, I gotta take my dog to this kennel like at nine in the morning, and then oh, you're going whole on a trip, day, right? And then I have to like drive three hours. It's like. I have an insane day and yeah. a lot of stuff to do tonight. Yeah, it's a little peek behind the curtain. It's a different day and a different time that we usually.
0: Yeah, we usually do this like Saturday, Sunday afternoons, and it's like Thursday night now. So, um, okay, man, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna end this. I'm gonna wrap it up.
1: Yes, uh, will Thank you all? Thank you. Thank everybody for you know. It's been a lot of fun. I feel like we should be playing the Saturday Night Live music. You know, it's like I know. My mom, thank you. You know, thank, thank you, you for midnight oil. oil. Yeah, yeah. Thank, yeah. <laughs> Thank you to Leon Redbone. <laughs> 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 All,
0: All right, Randy, right. let's do it. Let's. Uh, we'll be back next week with another movie. Uh, I had a, I had a sign off that I thought about, um, but I can't remember it. So <sighs> that's my sign off. Can't remember my sign off.
1: Well, until next time, Chief. I'll see you later. (laughs) Yeah, see you.